Celtics because there's no other reason why. The Celtics are the balls. This is Nick. I'm here with Timon. Exactly. And yeah, we're back in, with another episode. Thank you for tuning in once again. Uh, we will once again discuss the latest in the worlds of football and basketball. Uh, look back on the, what happened in the previous weekend and look forward to what's going to happen in this next busy week. Because I think there's going to happen a lot of a lot oh, of things, yeah. Nick. Oh yeah, it's a busy week. It's definitely. A what really are you looking forward week. to the most? Um. I'll tell you, I look forward, of course, to the Champions League games, oh, you know. Oh, that's quite a clash we have it's, We have coming up there. We have some nice games coming up tomorrow and uh, on Wednesday. Uh, we talked about them. Yeah, the on Tuesday episode. and on Wednesday, right? Tuesday and Wednesday, yeah. On Tuesday, we have Liverpool-Porto and my Tottenham Hotspur against Manchester City, which is, I think, the most interesting game of that day. And then on Wednesday... Of course, Ajax against Juventus, the big of game Of course, here. of course. And United against Barcelona, also a really big clash. Two legendary teams. Four legendary teams on that day, generally. Really it's, good it's, teams. It's almost like it's all legendary teams. You yeah. know? It's almost <laughs> like it's the quarterfinals of the Champions League. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, really the, yeah, the time of uh, dividing the prizes has really arrived, I think. You know, um, decisions being made in... Uh, in the leagues left and right, I think uh, both Juventus and Paris Saint-Germain could already win the league last weekend, but at Paris Saint-Germain lost against Strasbourg uh, yeah. in quite an embarrassing fashion. Um, yeah, fucking pathetic club, Paris Saint-Germain. That's yeah, all, all I got to say about them. You they're, know? Path- they're, they're pathetic. They're just a bunch yeah. of losers. Um, they are. Um, but yeah, uh, I think uh, Bayern München... 5-0 against uh, their direct opponent, Borussia Dortmund. Once again, they're in the league, in the lead, in the league. Yeah. Um, one yeah, point yeah. only, though. But one point only still, but still 5-0. Um, I, th- I think it's kind of cool as well, because you can really see that um, the, the current generation of Bayern players, they're, they're really, um, uh, you know, Robin Ribéry, they're going to leave after this season, right? And in that sense... Like Müller and, yeah. and Hummels, I, I, I don't know how long they're still gonna play as well. You know, now that they're outside of the German squad, yeah, they they still have a few good years in them. Yeah, Hummels probably has. Müller is decaying as well a bit. Yeah, but he's probably gonna stay at Bayern. I was always a fan of of Müller, man. I remember when I uh, in 2014 I put 10 euros on him. Uh, becoming the World Cup top scorer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he and, did, and he won it. No, he didn't. Oh it, no, you mean it, you don't mean the you mean the top scorer in that uh, oh, tournament? Yeah, yeah. Oh okay. He um, he he got five goals. He got also five goals in the the one before. But then I think Diego Forlan won it because the tiebreaker was uh, assists. So it was a four-way tie via Snyder, uh, and and both of them all all in the lead. But then. That year, like Hamas Rodriguez won it, right? With six yeah. goals in uh, only five games, I think. Yeah, it was amazing uh, at that tournament. I was so mad, actually, when, <laughs> Müller, when Müller in that 7-1, when he let Schürrle score twice. Like, he actually, on purpose, did not touch it. And I was like, man, I could have won 300 euros, you know. I was, oh, that's... Oh, well. That's always, that's always bugging. Oh, well. Oh, well. But what's your take on the games? Because, I mean, we... we I know your take on the Ajax game, yeah, of course. It's, but it's in the bag, you know. It's uh, you know. Of course, it's in the bag. But no, about tomorrow because I don't know about Liverpool anymore, man. Liverpool feel, against Porto. I don't know. Can be because they played against Tottenham in the Premier League their last really big game uh, one and a half weeks ago. They won by yeah, sheer with luck. Yeah, one goal, right? Uh, by sheer luck, Yoris has doomed Tottenham for another game, but, you know, they didn't display any great power, and I don't know, maybe Porto can actually snag a draw away, at, away, and then 
who knows at home maybe keep that uh, goal advantage the way goal advantage yeah because where is this game is the the first game is in liverpool the first game is at anfield um yeah i would definitely still lean towards lean towards liverpool and i think the statistics are are definitely saying the same I think it's uh, the most lopsided statistically in terms based of the yes. statistics from 538 it's the most most lopsided one I think with with Juventus Ajax being the closest one 6040 um mm. but yeah uh, yeah of course uh of course uh, Porto will definitely be able to to do something they 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 really barely squeezed by in in the last round against Roma in extra time and also there the group they were in in the in the group the, stage was really the easy group really right easy, with Lokomotiv yeah. Moscow out of pod 1 uh really Porto always tends to get these super easy draws I mean the thing is we think of them as easy but for them they're probably more even matched yeah the okay because they're not if you get Lokomotiv Moscow from port 1 pod 1 yeah. that's like by far the easiest that's group by far you're going to get group, exactly um so Uh, they got Schalke in there as well as the number two and Galatasaray. So, of course, Porto, they're, they're in the quarterfinals relatively regularly. Uh, so, so I do think, based on that, we tend to take them actually sometimes more serious than, than they should. Just because if you really look at the opponents they have beaten, there's there's barely any any really serious opponents they really shocked or something um but but still they they have some good players and i don't think they should be underestimated i'm no, always no. especially a fan of, of of pepe actually he uh, <laughs> he has like ramos as well pepe he just has that the winner mentality right and he just yeah. does whatever it takes and in a, in a way that is very much what you what you need as a as a team of course he's 36 year old now they still have Casillas as well right 37 yeah they have some uh some Real Madrid legends in there some old players there some veterans definitely um yeah whenever i watch them this season i really like the Marega as well the oh yeah he's uh he's a beast i now. i would say he's he's really their their most talented uh attacking threat If they have Brahimi as well, who uh, yeah. played quite well uh, for for uh, they have some last, good uh, they have some good uh, players of course and they have you know they have Herrera they have uh, Corona who's also really good their defense is actually pretty solid looking yeah, at you know Pepe nah. Alex Tejas on the left I don't think they're gonna be able you know to match maybe. Mo Salah when he now that he's maybe back <laughs> in goals now that he scored again now that he scored again you never know he might just be unstoppable again so so I would say it's gonna be 3-0 for Liverpool that's your prediction 3-0 yeah, Liverpool yeah, yeah. I like it I like it I don't agree totally I'm gonna say I don't know 2-1 I don't know for some reason I think Porto might get a goal 2-1 is uh, they're going to be happy flying back to Portugal that's gonna be really good. either 2-1 or it can even go to 2-0 I don't know but around there I don't think Liverpool might score three goals and yeah then we have what else we have Tottenham against City the Tottenham game which is the English rivalry here City looking yeah last year this was such solid. a such a great surprise really uh, oh no there was Liverpool City of course I'm yeah. mistaken yeah As Liverpool City, uh, not Tottenham. Who knows? Yeah, I'm curious. I'm really curious to see how they will do. They were, they were so close last year against Juventus, and that was yeah. Yeah, I, I, to me, they did really prove themselves as being capable of really achieving um, almost the greatest level of of Champions League football. Really being being able to to compete at that level. Even though, of course, they still choked in yes. magnificent fashion. Even though, as in true Tottenham fashion, we bottled it again. Yeah. As every year we're competitive, we're bottling it. In the league as well. The thing is, you why never I'm not know, sure. though. You never know. 
This year in the league, though, they they had they were three points away from first place. Now they're suddenly sixteen points now, away from now. Now they're City. what? They're three points they away are, from their last, sixth place. Yeah, they're in their last ten uh, games, I think. Or, what, what do you think? Do it, you think it's a mental problem? It's mental, definitely. Uh, for some reason, I don't know what is the reason. It's all, but it's also a, rota- a rotation problem. They didn't have uh, enough players to cover yeah. this whole year. Of course, the players going to get tired. You know, international so break was season, in between. Yeah. Cup, they lost in the cup. It's also mentality. They moved to the new stadium last week. They played against Crystal Palace for the first time. They won, pretty confident. So who knows? That might change their morale. You never know with these players. And... Yeah, but now suddenly they're at 64 points and Arsenal is one point behind them. Chelsea is one point behind them. Manchester United, who was nowhere near them, is now also three points behind them. And it's Liverpool City fighting for uh, the title in England. And, you know, City, I think they're going to go all out against Tottenham, though. They're still going to want to focus on the Champions League as well. Of course, of course. It's Guardiola. Of As course, a manager, he, wants, you, he wants to win the Champions League. He wants to win the treble because they're also yeah. in the FA Cup. Well, final. don't we all? Don't we all? And for Guardiola, treble is, you know, something that he's done before. So who knows? He might pull it off. In England, though, Liverpool are getting lucky every week and kind of breaking uh, Pepe's hope. But you never know. But for the Tottenham City game, it's a really, it's a mystery. I think. It's, it's Tottenham at home first? It's one? Tottenham at home. Uh, but it's a mystery. I, for me. Yeah. I think it's a tough one to call. I'm going to say 1-1, uh, one, one, maybe. 1-1. One, 1-1? One. One, one? Okay. Um, so, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see about that one. Uh, I, I think I really think it's a tough one to call because, because uh, of the un- unpredictability of, it's of Tottenham in general. Yeah, and exactly. Because they, they, I don't know, when Eriksen is just playing very well and he connects with Kane, you know, yeah. they have a lot of great individual players who are capable of, yeah, just, just shooting a ball in from 40 meters, right? <laughs> I've, I've seen Oliveira yes, exactly. Fertonga do it many times in the arena as well, you know. Mm. They, they're really capable of it. The thing uh, is, uh, I, I hope Yoris doesn't choke again because he has been a liability this uh, year. For a lot of games, he has been choking up saves. Uh, he has been letting in goals that shouldn't be going in at all, and that has cost them a lot of matches in the league as well. The game with Liverpool, for example, Yuris just somehow slipped uh, the ball slipped out of his hands, and it bounced off Alderweireld, and they lost yeah, suddenly in the yeah, 90th minute. Was, you know, it was really almost curb your enthusiasm. Yeah, it was <laughs> curb it was your enthusiasm. <laughs> But yeah, exactly. Tottenham is the most unpredictable team out of all those teams, together with yeah. Manchester United, probably as well now. Yeah, that's the thing. They they could still win the Champions League as well. I don't know. Yeah, I never. would actually give them a chance. You never know anymore these days. You never know. Wow, it's not like the Champions League is won often by different teams, right? It's not won often by different teams. Not in the last years, at least. But if you go back a few years, you saw some upsets. Yeah, we definitely you know, saw some upsets. The, there, there's been some upsets. Another Real Madrid Mona- is outside Monaco. Yeah, but yeah, after Porto 2004, I don't think there's been a, any team actually winning it. Right, you had Bayer Leverkusen making the finals as well the year before, but that wasn't really an upset. No, football has changed too much for that. Uh, to yeah, become for a teams like Steaua Bucharest winning the Champions League, oh, for yeah, example. Man. That wasn't even that long ago. That no, was in the early nineties. Red, Red Star Belgrade as well. Yeah, oh, Nottingham well, Forest as well. Different Ooh, times, but different yeah. times. You, you have those years, like in the nineties, when <laughs> yeah, even still in the nineties, when they actually already had the Champions League, when they had like the eight quarter finalist uh, one year after each other, when it was just eight fully different teams. Exactly. Like, can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah, it's, like it's, Rosenborg, those kind of things. The thing, yeah, because football has changed too much now. And moving on to Wednesday's game, though. Okay, Ajax Juventus. Fucking okay, Rafa Mafia. Ajax Juventus. Ajax Juventus. That's what I want to um, hear your prediction about that. My prediction, I think it's uh, 2-0. 2-0 for Ajax. And, um, Strong. 
Yeah, I'm curious to see uh, if, uh, like, the Italian talent, uh, Keen, can, uh, how do you pronounce the name? Moise Keen. Keen, I think. Uh, I, I was a yeah, bit unsure how to pronounce it because, yeah, he is Italian. Mm, I'm, I'm curious uh, to see how he's going to play. He's been playing uh, really well. He, he reminds me very much of the other Real Madrid youngster, actually, Vinicius. Vinicius uh, yes. You know, with the pace and the and the and the skill and the same age, and uh, yeah, I'm curious to see how he will do. I think I think Juventus is actually going to play very much in a style which will not uh, suit Ajax. They're gonna they're gonna really look for their moments and really not let Ajax have um, space at all. Have a lot of space. Ex- no, exactly. they're gonna play typical Italian football. Yeah, they're, football. they're really gonna gonna win it as they do every okay. year they, they, no but they want to win it in the second yeah. game right they want to win it in the exactly. second game at home and yeah they're gonna look for their moments for their penalties for their free kicks for their corners they're just gonna look for those moments and of course if Ronaldo's gonna play he, he can be the master of those moments right especially nowadays I think especially the heading he's just probably the best header in, yes. in the world yeah, he has uh, an amazing leaping ability. Yeah, so um, every corner, every free kick from the side, um, he will just come up, uh, Chiellini as well, and it's really going to be those moments you're going to be re- looking for. So I'm curious to see how Onana and how Matthijs de Ligt, Daily Blind, how they will respond to those. Also Tagliafico, right, the guy's only 1 meter 70. Yeah. Um, and Feldman, who probably has to... As the lineup against uh, Ronaldo. Yeah, that's gonna uh, be, that's going to be good. I was very happy to see Veldman score uh, against uh, against Willem II last weekend. Oh, yeah. He really had a goal, like a good finish. Actually, it was really a striker kind of finish <laughs> for Veldman to do that uh, after all these injuries and uh, really also in these days f- forward to the the big game where he has to play because Masrui is uh, suspended, of course. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's actually lining up um, quite well. Frankie de Jong had a great game against Willem II. And I think, um, yeah, I think it's looking good. And of course, of course, things really need to go Ajax's way to to progress, right? Exactly. Just like against Real Madrid, I think the 4-1 has definitely overhyped them a bit too much. I think you have to realize that, especially in that second game, I guess in the first game, I, things really did not go Ajax's way. In no, the second they kind of cheated a goal though as well. Yeah, it really did. Uh, in the first game, they got really unlucky. You know, yes. Tadic hitting the post. Well, they got really unlucky. The second game, they got really lucky. Like Real Madrid hitting the woodwork twice. Two players being injured in the first thirty minutes. Yeah. Ramos being suspended. It just all lined up perfectly. Like exactly. uh, they and they they just finished every chance immediately. It was it just yeah, all clinical. went their way. So yeah, the thing is, the just because it has happened once doesn't mean it cannot happen again, right? Exactly. It, could, it could still go their way you know, for another five I'm, games. I'm right? hoping so. I'm hoping so. Man. I'm I'm telling my friends all the time. There's only eleven games left in the season. You know, if you include the Champions League final, and yeah, what if they win eleven games? You know? Yeah. Who know? That uh, would be amazing. What if they win eleven games? Yeah. And then we got last game United against Barcelona. Think. The one of the second easiest game maybe to predict because a lot of people are going to say Barcelona, you know. United, oh yeah, me too, me too. United has some injuries, has some form issues, has some general issues yeah. this year. Skolskjaer has uh, helped them a lot though, kind of reformed them. To. But yeah, still injuries play a part, and Barcelona's Barcelona. Lionel Messi is having. Barcelona, crazy, Barcelona. Yeah. Man, you're, you're Messi re- is having it. You're really season. hitting it with the analysis today, man. Yeah, but Barcelona is Barcelona. You can't, you can never leave them out of the game. And they won against Atletico Madrid. They in, in in instantaneous two minutes, they just secured a game. Yeah, Suarez and Messi. And yeah, if they just play their style of football as they know, and Messi just gets the ball in the area, I think we're gonna see. Yeah, it's a decent game plan, you know. Give the ball to Messi. It's just, yeah, it's uh, this year. It's just give the ball to Messi and you know let him do what he does best. He gets better with age as well. And yeah, United though they can counter, 
kind of. They have a strong yeah. midfield. Oh, you know, uh, yeah. aerial battles, as you said, with Juventus against Ajax. If United get some dead ball situations, they might get some crosses in the box. Uh, is, and, is Pogba playing? You know that? Uh, I don't have that. I don't know if Pogba is playing yet. Um, there are a lot of injuries though in United for United as well. So it's like always a mystery who's playing yeah. and who's not playing. Against Paris, they had eight players on their bench that couldn't play. Yeah, I I like that because uh, yeah, the Dutch guy Chong uh, even playing. Yeah, like, in you the even last had like Chong playing, who's nineteen, eighteen, and yeah. So yeah. that's that's the thing. I don't know if uh, they'll be fit enough. I th- I think Pogba is gonna play. I think he's gonna play. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they 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 need everything to go their way, just like Ajax. I you know those were the yeah. two upsets in the quarterfinals, and. I I feel like especially Manchester United that last Paris Saint Germain game, I I, that was, I, I was flabbergasted by that, and yeah, I still am almost. And I feel like a lot of Manchester United fans and players were as well. Yeah, and, the, play, the players definitely and were the crazy. the, the Paris Saint Germain players as well. I was for the first time really glad that United actually won because I can't stand Paris, and what United did just showed that. Curry is still a loser team and they haven't got <laughs> the mentality to to pass through because, you know, you're playing against a team who's, you know, desecrated by injuries. They they have to play Chong in, up, yeah. as a starter. Uh, Chong, he wasn't a starter. He was, you, know, you know, as just have him on there Chong because you don't have enough future players. Out of him. And, you know, he you have players like McTominay on the bench and yeah. all that. And you lose to a United who's, Starting players are uh, still Chris Smalling and Phil Jones. It was so Jones. sad as well, like with the with the mistake by Buffon really starting all of it. Uh, yeah, the penalty at the end. Uh, it was uh, I know but devastating. You know what, Buffon? That's karma for him. <laughs> it's uh, he could have just stayed and retired a legend at Juventus, but he had to go and grab that. You know, his dream winning a Champions League, of course. But you don't do that at Paris, man. Why would you leave? Juventus and go to Paris. Yeah. It's kind of weird because Ronaldo but, was going to Juventus. Was he able to stay? He would have been able to stay. I don't know if he was technically, but theoretically, it's Buffon. You know, you could have kept him for a year and just play him in cup matches and maybe in the Champions League. Yeah. They okay. they definitely had but a spot for him. He did not. Do, he, he's not the kind of guy who takes, you know, the second keeper role. No, definitely not. But he would still be able to play against above Chesney, I think. Yeah. Yeah, probably. So it would be I don't fitting. know. I was a bit confused by that move, and uh, yeah, everyone. It, it didn't make too much sense. A lot of people were confused, but yeah. So bold prediction for me is United Barcelona zero two, two zero for Barca, and yeah, and then the yeah. rev- the rematch in the Camp Nou might just end it. Yeah, might be a formality. I yeah, think, might be formality. Yeah, I think Tunel is a safe one. I would say, yeah, I'll say uh, one, one four, one four. Yeah, damn. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's if Barcelona go full attacking. Yeah, can can happen as well. Though. Can happen. They have some really good attacking uh, players. Even their left back, you know, Jordi Alba, if, if can they just help uh, in the attack. Yeah, you know, Barcelona's Barcelona. You know, exactly. That's Barcelona. the thing this year. Barcelona oh, okay. has been impeccable this year for me. They, yeah. Um, this this could be like their their year that they win it all again, really. Yeah, and I hope it's, so. It's almost shaping so. like it. Yeah, but it could also be the year where Ajax wins everything. So you know, that, that would be all really would nice. Also that would also funny. be really nice. Would also be kind of funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, to to finish it off, uh, I was very happy, of course, with the Ajax getting back in the lead again in the Dutch league. Yes. Um, and because after their uh, 1-4 win against Willem II. PSV was unable to win in a crazy game away at Vitesse, um, which ended in 3-3 with two penalties, a uh, red card in the end even, and just uh, really a mad game. Um, yeah. And yeah, I was happy that PSV did not win. They were very lucky, I think, to get even the draw. And yeah, Ajax in pole position now again to, to win the league. As their goal difference is nine goals better than than, than, than 
PSV. Um, uh, next weekend, Ajax playing at home against Excelsior. PSV playing at home against the Graafschap. Um, so I think both teams are going to win those games. As much as I want to see PSV fill. Yeah, both of them are in the relegation zone, the Graafschap and Excelsior. So yeah, yeah they're... 16th and 17th. So yeah, I think it's going to be easy wins for both teams. Um, yeah, but uh, we'll, we'll see about that. And uh, uh, after after that, there's uh, the week after that. There's a few few games that that are still going to be a bit tricky. I think for Ajax, the away game at, at FC Groningen is going to be a tricky one. And yeah, we'll we'll see about that. Yeah, we'll see. I think the if they if they win that one and then they play, I think three games three days later they play at home against Vitesse. They win both of those. It's in the bag. Yeah, it's but, probably in the bag as well. Um, yeah, but we'll see. Touching on the Fides and Eindhoven game, the refereeing though we the, saw the yeah, interview <laughs> of uh, Schlutzky Leonid Schlutzky at a, at a hilarious. He, he was mad. <laughs> hilarious rant about about the the referee, and I, I think it's it's actually the the sentiment he get, had against him is is shared among quite a lot of. Quite a lot of other trainers and and people in football. It's even though, yeah, of course, on the one hand, he makes decisions that people don't agree with, which I guess is a, a common theme amongst referees. But exactly. I think what Guzabuyuk is actually very bad at is the personal aspect of the whole kind whole yes. thing. He, yeah, like Slutsky in his rant also says, uh, he never says hello, he never says goodbye, he never shake hand, and. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, you need those, you know, it's it's a personal world, it's a human exactly. world, you need to shake hands. At you the know, end, need, it's a fair game, shake your hand you with need, the opponent you need or whatever. To, you need to explain a bit, just talk with the people, you know, and he apparently he never does that. He Apparently he just really acts quite arrogant, and yeah, then you can almost expect people to really react even worse when they don't agree with you, you yeah. know, when, when they don't agree with you, but still think you're a nice guy and you know you explain it very very nicely and you just really explain why you make a decision the way you did it you know people are not gonna hold a personal grudge i think it's gonna be a professional grudge yeah, exactly it's more professional aspect <laughs> talking about that though he criticized the referee i saw some comments that now he's gonna get fined because you can't criticize referees in the Eredivisie. Yeah, I think, or in I, Holland generally, I you do can't think, uh, they, openly criticize them. They already them. started an investigation. I yeah, think, uh, but I think what the the things he said about his arrogance, uh, it was a bit too harsh. He, that's the thing. I like he has the balls to say that though. He yeah. came out has the balls to say, you know, this guy, he's shit at what he does, or he's not professional enough at what he does, and. You get criticized about it, but I don't think you should get fined about it. I I understand that, you know, maybe you should go out and say, okay, this is not exactly what I meant. But why would he get fined about it? He spoke his mind. Are we going to strike down, you know, free speech uh, and criticism (laughs) now in football as well? And bridging to that in the NBA as well, because this hasn't been a a recurring theme. It's a lot stronger. In the NBA as well. In the NBA, it's a lot more, uh, a lot more strong, but. Yeah, we'll get to that in in, in yeah. one minute. Let me just uh, one final remark I had on on Slutsky's interview. Uh, I thought it was very funny that because Slutsky talking in his Russian accent when he said uh, that Guzubuyuk uh, is arrogant, it very much sounded like Erdogan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I really thought he said Erdogan for a second. That to rewind it a few times. <laughs> Maybe he did. Maybe he did. Yes, Erdogan's uh, arrogance, definitely. We'll never know. We'll never know. Uh, I'm a fan of Slutsky in that sense, and I hope. Uh, yeah, I hope he's gonna stay. I think he's oh, I like a, he's a funny addition to the Eredivisie trainers. And yeah, no, and that personality though, that it's kind of like old school oh, mentality. Yeah. Like I like that nowadays. It's, you don't you get know, that. Often. It's a bit reminiscent of the Louis van Gaal uh, exactly. times. Exactly. Right? <laughs> uh, Louis van Gaal and it's really a. Uh, his, his interviews in the Netherlands as well, I guess later at Manchester United, it became more, he became more known as this guy who could not speak English and yeah. just always had this uh, these Dutch proverbs in English. But yeah, in, in Dutch, he, <laughs> he, he knew what he was saying and he was just making fun of everybody. 
You have the his most famous interview, I would say, is where he says, you know, ben ik nou zo slim of zijn jullie nou zo dom? Meaning, you know, am I the smart one or are you just so stupid? <laughs> Because the interviewers are just asking stupid questions. Yeah, I love, that's, I love that's, these interviewers. Exactly, that's the thing. You love those guys. Yeah, you know, and most trainers, they just uh, answer the stupid questions with stupid answers. <laughs> you know, he just says what he thinks, and uh, and I like that. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, but the media like it has changed too much. Every sentence everybody says is just too much under a um, under a lot of attention. So yeah. it's just um, not worth it anymore. I think for a lot of people to really voice their opinions, unfortunately, unfortunately. Oh, moving on though to the NBA now. Moving where on, we, where we have moving on. Five days until the playoffs from the five day we're days. recording this. You counting down? I'm counting down, man. I'm counting down because the playoffs this year for me are one of the most interesting years in the last. Yeah, because well, we don't have LeBron in the there's playoffs. There's no LeBron. There's no LeBron in the East. So we have another man. team except the Cavaliers man, going the, to the, the finals. The first time I started watching basketball, uh, like first time I watched the playoffs, was in 2011 like the first time he was he made the finals with the heat right exactly his his first of eight straight finals that that's the first time i watched it this is going to be the first finals i will i will watch in my life without lebron and i knew this day would come uh and i thought i was going to be more happy to be honest <laughs> that i was going to be more happy about it looking forward to it um but i i, I did enjoy his his reign and his 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 run of dominance, um, but I'm uh, I'm very curious to see, of course, who is gonna run run through the East. I think there's yeah. there's four solid contenders, almost um, really really going for it. So I think, especially the conference semifinals are are already gonna be very interesting. Yes, uh, we have one playoff game now already locked in, uh, which is already decided, which is the Boston Celtics playing at home. Yeah, they clinched like, that against yesterday. Uh, the the Indiana Pacers. Yes, uh, which already two they played each other twice in the last two one weeks. Week. I yeah, think the last, the last week, week almost. Something like that last day. Um, with the Celtics winning twice. Um, so, uh, based on that, I would say they're they're the favorites, especially because Celtics play a lot better at home and they have the home court advantage. Yeah, um, Celtics in six. Oh. Celtics in in six. Yeah, I would say Celtics in five. Yeah, around there. Celtics in five. Um, especially now that Gordon Hayward is finally playing a bit better. I hope uh, everybody gets healthy into the playoffs. Jason Tatum left the the game against Orlando Magic last night after six minutes of play time. So I hope um, I I hope they're all healthy. Uh, yeah, if the Celtics are healthy in the playoffs. They can. Who knows? They, they Maybe they'll, they'll noise, play definitely. serious. They can make some noise. I de- definitely think the X factor is is Gordon Hayward. Um, because like we we've seen all season how 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 the players play together, um, and especially Horford and Kyrie, you know, we we know what they can do, and I do think they're they're gonna be able to carry the team to I don't know some heights, but if they want to make it at least to the finals, they need Gordon Hayward as well yes, to really be course, at, like an All Star level kind of player, and I think his his strength has always been his. Is is yeah? You call it the basketball IQ, right? Really, if you watch the game, you can really see that um, he he just knows what's the best move to do very often. He does not take a stupid shot almost ever. And uh, during the entire season, I really felt like his confidence was just not not good enough. And Brett Stevens was also not confident in giving him a lot of minutes and letting him shoot a lot. And right now, I, I think he's really given uh, Gordon Hayward the yeah. green light again. And yeah, if he's confident and again is in his own shot, and he knows that his own shot very often is one of the best shots that there shot is. Shot selections and the Celtics rotation, yeah, definitely. And um, Jason Jalen Brown also. Jalen Brown, you know, improving a bit. The thing is, what we said before about the Celtics, they have a lot of depth. No, Kinda, not, not they have a lot much. of talent, and not they don't, I, and they that, can handle that always very well. I, I think on paper, the Celtics fans really, really hope they would have a very good 
deep team, but in reality this season, Terry Rozier and Marcus Morris have have been terrible. Yeah, they've, 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 yeah, they've been terrible. They've been, terrible. They've, they've been the shooting like 30%, I think. That's what I mean. On paper, they have a lot of talent. Terry Rozier, though, a bit weird season for him. Yeah. Morris as well. I don't know what it has been with Terry Rozier. If Hopefully, Baines can come off the bench and contribute if because it's been if, really good. If Baines is healthy. If they and, can, Horford. and Horford. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, you need both of them. But because especially if they're going to play, um, if they're going to play against the Sixers in the in the D conference finals, which I, which I doubt. Um, no, I don't think they, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Thing is though, they, they pass through and then they got to step up against Giannis probably, who's the one seed Giannis with the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. They're probably going to play either against Detroit, Charlotte or Miami. They're still the, I, the three yeah. teams. That I do think it's going to be Detroit. Teams. It's probably going to be Detroit, but you know, Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks, best record in the NBA, and then the Celtics go up against them, and let's just say they lose. I think yeah. it would classify then their season as a failure again. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And you don't know what's going to happen afterwards because, you know, what's going what's gonna gonna to happen to Kyrie? What's, what's going to happen to Kyrie? Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a I, weird thing, you know? I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Um, but remaining if, on the if Kyrie stays, you know, do you do you trade exactly. draft picks for for Anthony Davis? Do you trade Tatum for Davis? There's actually an interesting situation now as well where the Celtics, who own the draft pick of the Memphis Grizzlies, mm-hmm. which is I think top eight protected or something like that, uh, top 10, yeah. with the Memphis Grizzlies now being in a four-way tie with uh, I think. It's the Wizards um, and two two other teams um, in a four way tie for the sixth place on the um, on, on like the, the on the on the lottery ranking for for the draft. Um, it's it's pretty interesting. So because the last Celtics game is against the Wizards, mm. so they they actually have a big and the Celtics already don't have anything to play for. Yeah, the Wizards so might. Any any know. bet any betting people out there. Put all your money in the Wizards winning against the Celtics in this last game because the Celtics are going to rest a lot of people. Yeah, the Celtics, Celtics are, are rest actually a good incentive to lose this game because if the Wizards win, the Celtics uh, do not get the Memphis pick this year. The consensus is definitely that this year's draft is not that good, and, if, and for future trades, it's always better to have a draft pick, which is still the pick, instead of yeah. a pick that has already been conveyed and. You know what it is, and you know it's the eighth pick, and you know it's not exactly. going to be probably a very good player. Whereas, if there's still the possibility for this pick to be, you know, a top five pick, that's always better, right? The possibility still needs to be there. Exactly. So that's important. And the Celtics own five picks this year, I think. I think it's four. I think it's with four. Their, they own four other teams, and I think with no, own, no, they own three other. They own three other teams. Yeah, sorry, and four picks, right. but four picks. So right now, I think it's the eighth pick. The um, the the on the Clippers one right, which I think is mm-hmm. uh, s- sixteen, and they have the Kings one, which is fourteen or thirteen. Yeah, they have some. And their their own one is. Yeah, they have some mid late first. I think round Clippers picks. twenty and their own is twenty two. Yeah, they can trade all of them together in like a big package, probably. Yeah, but is yeah. what is the the possibility though? Uh, it's of course Danny Ainge has been thinking about this for a while. He's a genius man. Danny Ainge has been thinking about this for a while, and he's definitely gonna try and trade for Davis. I really think uh, yeah. if Davis is on the table and he gets some confirmation from Kyrie and Davis to stay, he's gonna he's gonna trade gonna everybody. Go he's go gonna go trade out. everybody. It's gonna be like yeah. it's gonna be <clears> like <throat> Garnett in two thousand seven. He's exactly. gonna trade everyone. But uh, staying on the playoffs. We have the Orlando Magic. We have two teams actually, right? Clinching, clinching their playoff spot. Exactly, Brooklyn and Orlando. The Brooklyn Nets and Orlando Magic. And I was, uh, I was pleased to see both of them back, back again. Same here, same here. Um, yeah, Orlando Magic. Uh, last time they made it was still with Dwight Howard and Stan Van Gundy. Also seems like ages ago. Exactly. Which was also two thousand. Because Howard was really young back then as well. He was yeah, like yeah. Twenty two. No, no, 
20, he, he yeah, was there for quite a while. He was, was there beginning for quite in a his while. peak. He was beginning his peak. No, no, no. He that was his peak, and yeah. of course they hoped he would really. Yeah, he would he, continue. He would get better and be at you know twenty eight, twenty nine in his mm-hmm. prime. Yeah, that wasn't really the case. But yeah, the his, his best years were definitely before his back injuries, mm-hmm. and uh, at Orlando when he won, I think what is two defensive player of the year, made it in to the, the finals. That was his prime and yeah. Superman. It's uh, it's sad to see how he's been going down. He's um, now yeah. at the Wizards, Wizards. Right? And not playing very not well. Productive. He's just playing ch- paying child support to eight <laughs> women. Right? It's just uh, Dwight Howard. What the fuck crazy, are you doing, man? <laughs> Dwight? Uh, man, you have man, always yeah, whenever I watch crazy. Dwight Howard. You know, NBA players, right? Their bodies. You know, a lot of them are actually freaks of nature, right? Dwight Howard literally looks like a fucking Greek god, man. Like, <laughs> man, really. No he, he homo, He is man. built like no a homo, fucking man. god, though. He is, His body is insane, man. Like, he has the, the typical it, it, Greek but god. But he's yeah, so yeah, big, I, I, but I he's, like, perfectly you. proportionate. Right? Exactly. It's where, whereas you have a lot of these guys, you know, they're they're tall and skinny, or they're, they're just super tall, and their limbs are just, I don't know, a bit slungy. Yeah. You have like Thon Maker, for yeah, example. Yeah, you know, with Rondo as well, his arms are like. I yeah, or you have players like meters. Jokic who are just, you know, yeah, big fucking heavy guys. Boban Marjanovic, you know. Oh, Bobby. I love him. I love Boban. Uh, everybody loves everybody Boban, loves man. Boban. Everybody loves Boban. But, um, Shout yeah. Out to Boban. Moving to the West, though, we have solid. Let, let, let's talk one, one, for one, one minute uh, about the Brooklyn Nets. Thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Let's sorry. Talk. The Brooklyn Nets, man. The Brooklyn Nets. What a success! Story. After all these years of uh, giving the Celtics their their draft picks, after getting screwed by their GMs as well, you gotta you gotta give all the credit to the front office of uh, of the Brooklyn Nets, and also kind of of the ownership uh, being patient enough and knowing that their situation was just so fucked that they gave all this all these patience and opportunity for uh, Sean Marks, especially to really do what they thought was the good thing and. Yeah, with with uh, Dinwiddie, with uh, Burke, uh, Levert, yeah. um, with uh, especially of course uh, D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell, man. D'Angelo ice, Russell, he's ice. Uh, he's really emphasizing ice. how how shitty of a GM Magic Johnson has been. Yes, um, yeah, that I was such a big mistake trading my D'Angelo. God, man. man, just to get rid of Timofey Mozgov's contract. It's mm. it's actually insane how bad that it was. One of the worst because the thing is you gave up on a rookie after I don't know like one and a half years. And the only years. reason they 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 traded him was because they because he gave such a shitty contract, Timofey Mozgov, like and what, yeah, 71 some million. inner conflicts with Nick Young. But instead of yeah, of course. But, but you know they traded them. But you know who would you rather keep, Nick Young or D'Angelo Russell? Nick yeah. Young, who's like in his mid thirties. Doesn't have any other aspects except for his three point shooting and his swagger. Shit. And D'Angelo Russell, who's one of the hottest prospects, even though he didn't have a great season, you can still use him. You can use him, you know. You but can let what him would stay happen? For the thing is, year. what would happen with Lonzo and D'Angelo on the same team? I think that's why they also traded him. Yeah, but, but Magic you know, Johnson. Then you just wait a bit for, a, for yeah. a better trade. You know, you don't. It's not a guy Magic you, you trade for a yeah. for a contract dump, man. Like at least they did get a one draft pick in return, in which they traded Kuzma, right? Yeah. That was the twenty eighth pick. Um, it was something. The the Celtics pick because they yeah, had the pick swap exactly. that year, right? Um, but yeah, D'Angelo Russell, I, I do like him, man. I do like his game. Um, I, I think what he always just reminds me of is it's a similar thing people see in in Messi, for instance, and Suarez <laughs> as well. So you can just see that he he enjoys what he does. Exactly, like he plays with a lot of joy in his game. He actually smiles a lot as well, mm. and the moves he makes, I think he, he's just a very fun player to watch. Exactly, uh, he's, he is, he is. he's he's a very and fun. The Brooklyn guard. Nets are a fun team to watch. This year <coughs> so well. where are they gonna play? Probably because they're they're gonna be the playing against Philly, probably uh, probably Philly. Yeah, and that's tough. Yeah, it's a it's a fun matchup, you know. On matchup, you never know. Philadelphia, very very young control. teams, uh, really, yeah, teams that were in such a different position. Like what three years ago? Three years ago, three years they, ago they were, were both still, near the playoffs. Still like bottom five. Yeah. 
So in that sense, it's um, yeah, it is showing that in in um, in a sense, you know, the the parity in the NBA does work. You know, if you have a good if you if you have some good management, and you give it a few years, everybody can be a contender in the playoffs. Definitely. I guess. And yeah, so moving on though to the West, <coughs> the moving toughest on. conference moving probably. We already got the eight uh, teams. I think the matchups are kind of set. Yeah, the Warriors clinched the Warriors best record in the West now. Clinched best record. They play against Clippers. Still have a great record for an eight seed. Forty-seven wins for an eight seed. I think the, the, the Pacers have a forty-seven record. Uh, yeah. 47 yeah. uh, wins at the moment and then the fifth seed in the East. So you see a bit of a difference. You've got Portland against Utah, which is a really interesting matchup. Houston against OKC, also big really? matchup. Is that going to be? I think that's going to be, that is possible. And then we have Denver against San Antonio. I think all of the West, the Western Conference games can go either way, except maybe for Warriors against Clippers. But the rest can go either way. I think. I guess, yeah. I would say Warriors will definitely win against the Clippers. Who do you? Who did you say Nuggets are going to play? Nuggets probably against San Antonio. San Antonio, yeah. Uh, that's, that, that's, a, that's a funny matchup as well because Nuggets, of course, have been a lot better this year. I really liked everything the Nuggets have been doing this year, uh, especially with, with the Joker, of course. Yes. Jokic. Um, he, he, he's very interesting to watch. He... Uh, Whenever he has the ball, you just don't know what he's gonna do as well because exactly. he's such a such a he's he's probably the best passing the big guy player. ever, right? Uh, he's the best passing big guy ever, I would say. And you just don't know what he's gonna do, and he just opens up a lot of space on the floor, and he just does a lot of things which are hard to notice as well because yeah, you know, sometimes his efficiency is not that good. Sometimes he he has quite some turnovers, but the ball almost always goes through him as well. So I think those things are almost inevitable, right? It's why exactly. LeBron and Kobe have, I think, the most turnovers in in league history. Yeah, yeah, it's just what happens when you just play a lot. And uh, speaking about turnovers, Houston against OKC, we have two of the most heavily, the most turnovers in yeah. the league every year. Westbrook. Those are going to be some fast-paced games. Yeah, and Harden in the race for MVP as well, still fighting against Giannis. Nah. And you don't think so? No. You don't think so? You think Giannis is going to Giannis win is going to win it. I I agree with you. I because we we talked about it as well, you know, it's it's a difference between scoring and helping the best team and also Yeah, but it's also the narrative, right? It's the narrative exactly. And, and Bucks definitely have have just a very strong narrative. Uh, Johnny Santacumpo is a guy people you know, want to give it to as well. He's a nice guy. People like yeah. people like that winning. You know, he's underdog story. You know, Greek freak uh, last name nobody can pronounce. <laughs> and he actually is by far the best player on the best t- t- regular t- season team yes. in the league. And so I think that's that's when, what should win you the MVP. You're the best player on the best team, most valuable player. Yeah, Harden, of course, he helped the Houston Rockets secure a third seed. But he's also their most valuable. Player he's by the far. most valuable player in the West, definitely. We'll mm. see about it. But I don't think he's MVP caliber because you see his turnover rates, you see some efficiency rates. He's efficient, yes, but he's he scores so many free throws a game. He's really controversial with his, you know, step back. That's the thing. He's been criticized a lot. I respect him for his scoring, though. Like that's. I can't fathom of how we all respect him. crazy we all respect him. he has been this year for scoring. But I'm more of an old-fashioned basketball-type guy, and I want to see some defense as well. I don't want to see, you know, this hardened type. Call me old-fashioned. Call me old-fashioned, but, you know, where's the defense? And, yeah, with a, with Mike D'Antoni as a coach, though, you know, you never can get proper defense. Of course, he's, of course. He's never been known for his defense, so I don't think you would see that in his players. But my most interesting matchup, though, is the 4-5 seed in the West, which is going to be Portland against Utah, with Portland having the home advantage. And the thing is, those two teams have been kind of under the radar a bit. They're not really the most the teams that are most talked about because they're low-market teams. You know, Portland and Utah, it's like not the biggest franchises. But 
Portland. Portland, yeah. 51 wins. And Utah, 49 wins. With Utah, you know, Mitchell, Ingles, Gobert, strong team there. Yeah. Strong defensive team as well with Jay Crowder as well and Ricky Rubio. And then you have the Portland Trailblazers. I feel like Lillard. it kind of makes sense now as well why this matchup is not going to get a lot of attention because yeah, a lot of these players, most fundamental, a lot of these players, uh, I don't really like watching them. Right? No, you don't. It's not, and you can't enjoy the game because it's, the thing is, it's really fundamental. the The basketball the Utah Jazz play, they they have a lot of. Good yeah. fundamentals, but it's not spectacular basketball. I'm not gonna stay up for for no. Utah I'm not gonna Jazz, stay up either. Probably I'm maybe not gonna stay up for switch Utah through Jazz. them if they play on the same day. But no, I really like the Portland Trailblazers. I really love uh, Dame. He's he's a great guy generally, and he's a great player as well. Pretty good rapper as well. He's a pretty good rapper, Dame Dollar man. He's he's amazing. <laughs> the thing is though, um, I don't know because. Lillard, although he deserves so much more from his career and how he plays, I don't know if he can achieve that in Portland. So that's also, and McCollum as well with him. I don't know if they can manage to, I mean, if they go through, they play against the Warriors. Yeah. Probably, or the Clippers. But, you know, what happens then? They still get knocked out second round. No, Portland, it's been uh, unfortunate for them that their ceiling has almost been... Decided like before the playoffs even started every year in the last five years. Exactly. Um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if they'll be finally able to break through their glass ceiling once again. Um, I think on that note, uh, on that feminist note, we're gonna wrap <laughs> it up. And exactly. you know, feminist note. That's what we do here in Ball Talk. <laughs> uh, this was Timon. Uh, this was Nick. Uh, you have anything else to say? Um, go Celtics. <laughs> I think I think Ajax is gonna win the Champions League. Ajax, Ajax, gonna win Ajax the for Champions League, exactly. Uh, fuck Juventus. <laughs> They're a bunch of drug addicted and racist, dick, dick and suckers. Racist. Yeah, fuck Juventus, fucking, man. Fuck yeah, Juventus. Fuck, I hate them. <laughs> anyway, on that note, yeah, thank you very much for listening in to Ball Talk. Later.